Hi there, Harry from Witch here. Our research has found that millions of families are skipping meals to survive the cost of living crisis. And our figures show that over 8 in 10 people in the UK are having to make adjustments to save money on food. With the price of essential products soaring, we believe that supermarkets have to step up to the plate to help us all. That's why we've launched the Affordable Food for All campaign, calling on the big supermarkets to take action and make a real difference to communities across the UK. If you agree and would like to join our campaign, then sign our petition at witch.co.uk affordable food and use the hashtag affordable food for all on social media. Thank you. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. So much seems to have changed uh, over the last year. It's hard to keep up, isn't it? If your savings interest and dividend income is in excess of £10,000, then yes, you're going to be filling in a self-assessment form. However, if it's less than that and you've not gone much over your personal savings allowance or dividend allowance, the likelihood is the thing to do is just call HMRC and let them know. There, of course, are added complexities for people on lower incomes because often they'll be on benefits too. And when people's incomes go up, their benefits can go down. And it's another kind of layer of complexity. It feels like 2023 has only just started, but we're hurtling towards the end of January and with it, the self-assessment tax deadline. So this week, we're taking the opportunity to talk all things tax and specifically the changes happening this year that you need to know about. And to do this, I'm joined by witch journalist Matthew Jenkin and from the Low Incomes Tax Reform Group, Meredith McCammond. Hello, both. Hi. Hello. Now, I'm so pleased to have you both on the show. Matthew, uh, you wrote a fantastic article for Witch Money Online titled Six Tax Changes to Watch Out For in 2023, which we'll be unpacking in today's show. And Meredith, you're a new guest on the podcast and an extremely welcomed voice uh, from the Low Incomes Tax Reform Group. Um, Just to start, for anyone who doesn't know it, could you tell us a little bit about the charity? So I'm a technical officer with the Low Incomes Tax Reform Group. It's a bit of a mouthful, so we shorten it to Litrig. Um, we're part of the Chartered Institute of Taxation. They're the leading professional body in the UK for tax advisors. The arm of Litrig looks after the interests of unrepresented taxpayers, so people that can't afford tax advice. Um, and we have two broad functions, really. The first is to try and provide good quality, comprehensive guidance in plain English, on kind of um, those aspects of the tax system that are most relevant to unrepresented taxpayers. And the second function, uh, we, tr- we campaign to try and make the system better in the first place um, for those we represent. Too often we find that the rules and HMRC's processes and procedures aren't designed with the unrepresented in mind, so we try and give them a voice. It's much needed and amazing work uh, you're doing, and I know it'll bring some really interesting um, and in- insight and perspective to our conversations today. Well, shall we get started then and just give a quick mention to the self-assessment tax return deadline? Because as far as the tax calendar goes, this is a big date coming up on the 31st of January. Can you touch, uh, to begin with, on the breadth of reasons you might need to file a tax return and how you do it? 
there's about 12 million of us who are you know expected to file a self-assessment tax return online for the um, the previous financial year. If you're self-employed, earn over a hundred thousand, uh, or need to declare any other income from 20, uh, 2021 to 2022 tax year, then it's going to apply to you. Other reasons, other, apart from income tax and national insurance, other taxes you, that you might that you're liable to have you have to declare on a self-assessment uh, tax return is uh, such as uh, savings interest uh, that exceeds your personal allowance, child benefits if if you or your partner's income is over fifty thousand or, or rental income, and the deadlines coming soon as you mentioned thirty first of uh, January for online returns. A f- fun fact: um, if taxes uh, uh, c- can be fun. <laughs> <laughs> As fun as tax can be, uh, you know, according to HMRC, you know, there were you know, 3,275 self-assessment tax returns filed on Christmas Day this year. Oh, wow. But obviously, <laughs> that's a lot. So obviously, if you <laughs> if you haven't done that yet, if you weren't uh, doing it while, you know, the turkey was in the oven, uh, then as I said, <laughs> you don't have a lot of time. Um, and, you know, the process can seem daunting especially if it's your first time doing it. I know that, you know, first time I did it, I was like, what is going on? But, uh, you know, the key the key is to like prepare as much as possible. So get all your paperwork, all the details uh, together in advance, including your unique tax reference number, national insurance number, get all those bank statements together, relevant receipts and documentation. You know, once that's all together, you know, you're ready to start. And But when you do, don't forget that, you know, you need to, to take a full advantage of, you know, any tax reliefs and allowances. These can knock significant sums off your bill. You know, for example, there's tax relief on business expenses, pension contributions, even charitable donations. So to make sure you spend some time going through all your bank statements and and ensuring that you're claiming as much as possible. And then when you finish filing, you know, take some time to review the figures. If you're still waiting on figures to be confirmed, for example, you know, it's better to submit estimations than risk filing late. Always go back and make any amends. And when, when you're satisfied that the return is correct and complete, then, you know, hit, hit, the, hit the button to file. But the important thing is to make sure you don't miss that deadline. Well, for this show, we've also caught up with Sam Galloway from the Witch Money Helpline, which is a phone line which members can call to ask questions about all kinds of money matters. So we asked Sam to share some of the most commonly asked questions when it comes to filing your tax return. And here's the first, with Sam giving some sterling advice, which could save you having to fill out a self-assessment form altogether. Quite often we get members asking about whether they need to fill in a self-assessment form or not. Generally it's because maybe they've got some savings interest that exceeds their personal savings allowance or dividend income that goes above their dividend allowance. And actually quite often it it turns out that they don't need to fill in a self-assessment just for that. If your savings interest and dividend income is in excess of £10,000, then yes, you're going to be filling in a self-assessment form. However, if it's less than that and you've not gone much over your personal savings allowance or dividend allowance, the likelihood is the thing to do is just call HMRC and let them know. And more often than not, if you have other income, which is taxed at source, such as pension income, for example, then HMRC can collect the tax that you owe them by altering your tax code, if possible. Alternatively, if you don't have any other taxable income, then they can calculate what you owe and present you with a a bill to make a payment. 
And while this is part of an episode talking about tax changes, unlike last year, we won't be seeing an extension to the self-assessment deadline. So what happens if you miss it? Here's Sam with the answer. So if we're missing this deadline, then and we have to file a self-assessment tax return, then we're into a position where where HMRC can oppose a penalty for non-filing, which is currently £100 if you don't file on time. And then you can also start to incur interest on the tax that you owe from the date that it was due up until the date that it's paid. And if you still haven't filed your return following 30 days from the deadline date, you can incur further penalties as well. And those penalties can start to escalate depending on how long you take to file that return. So can we now get into some of the big tax changes and concerns for 2023? We've got six key areas to cover. And the first is a controversial one, uh, the changes to income tax. Now, it's been constantly splashed across the headlines as a kind of stealth tax. But before we get to that bit, can we hear the facts? Matthew, what's changing? Yeah, so, so much seems to have changed uh, over the last year. It's it's hard to keep up, isn't it? But, um, you know, two of the big changes to income tax to watch out for are, you know, firstly, the the current freeze on the personal allowance and the basic and higher rate income tax thresholds in England and Northern Ireland. They're going to be extended to April 2028. You know, while this freeze, I mean, it it doesn't sound like a tax rise, does it? But having thresholds that fail to rise in line with salaries means that, you know, many people will likely end up paying more tax on their income. So particularly if you end up in a higher tax band as a result of a pay rise, let's say. So that's going to affect quite a lot of people. But, you know, the biggest change announced in the autumn statement back in November was the reduction of the additional rates income tax threshold. And that that's going to drop from 150,000 to 125,140. So that kicks in from April, uh, from the 6th of April. You know, it's estimated around 250,000 taxpayers are going to be pushed into this higher tax ban, paying 45% on any income above the new limits. Jeremy Hunt has said that lowering the additional rate means someone earning 150,000 will pay an extra 1,200 pounds in uh, income t- tax per year. But obviously, you know, I think the thing that's going to affect the mo- most people is this freeze that's going to, you know, push push people into this higher tax ban and, and that's really going to squeeze a lot of people. So that's England and Northern Ireland. What about Wales and Scotland? In Wales, very little is changing. They're going to pay the same amount of income tax as those uh, in England and Northern Ireland. You know, the Welsh plan also includes adopting the same additional rate threshold change. In Scotland, they've been a lot bolder. <laughs> they really they have gone for a tax rise. So income tax rates there are actually going to go up for higher earners. So under the Scottish budget proposals, the, the higher rate of tax will rise from 41p to 42p in the pound. And the top rate was will go from 46p to 47p. So, you know, what they're doing is, is, try, is, is squeezing the higher earners. Uh, again, there's threshold change. So the threshold for the the, the top rate of tax will be reduced uh, to 125,140 pounds. Again, you know, aligning uh, with the rest of the UK and um, the personal the personal tax allowance and other income tax bans, starter, basic, intermediate, they're going to remain frozen. 
So the highest earners will be paying more tax with that higher rate tax threshold being reduced. Though arguably, if you're earning over 125k, the extra amount you'll be paying in tax, it's kind of a drop in the ocean. But for people on lower incomes, and here's where the stealth tax phrase comes in, the freezes too come at a price, don't they, Meredith? That's right. Yes. I mean, fiscal drag, which is what we mm-hmm. um, call it when rates and thresholds don't keep up with inflation, affects those on lower incomes too, um, especially where they're earning um, around the margins. So, mm-hmm. for an example, as Matthew said, you know, the personal allowance isn't changing. It's staying the same at 12570 But the government have announced a really big increase in the national living uh, national living wage from April 2023. That's going up from £9.50 an hour to £10.42 an hour. Um, And that's going to increase people's incomes. Similarly, the state pension, I think, is going up by about 10 percent. And so more people are either going to find themselves becoming taxpayers for the first time because the personal allowance isn't changing or they're going to find themselves paying more tax at 20 percent and there of course are added complexities for people on lower incomes um, because often they'll be on benefits too Um, and when people's incomes go up their benefits can go down and it's another kind of layer of complexity there's stuff going on around the higher um the higher rate threshold too so that's the point at which you start paying tax at 40 percent that's also staying the same that's also not going up for inflation so that's going to be um set at 50,270 I believe from April 2023 so not only will more people be dragged into paying tax at 40% but actually there are some kind of less well-known tax measures that are pegged around the 50,000 earnings mark which we you know at Litrig we think people really need to be aware of you know we've got the high income child benefit charge which was already mentioned earlier um, that could start coming into play where one partner Um, earns more than 50,000 and also the marriage allowance where one spouse or civil partner moves from being a basic rate taxpayer to a um, higher rate taxpayer because of an increase in income but the 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 kind of freeze of the higher rate tax band then that can mean that they lose their marriage allowance so there's lots of things going on I mean there are ways to mitigate it you know people could think about putting stuff into their pensions or whatever Um, But that, you know, we would always kind of recommend that people take advice for their specific facts and circumstances. And where would you suggest people go to find that advice? Well, we have a lot of guidance on our website, but there's a difference, obviously, between guidance Mm -hmm. and advice. Um, A professional tax advisor, a chartered tax advisor, um, you know, someone local. uh, There's a tool on the Chartered Institute of Taxation's website where you can put in your postcode um, and select the type of tax advice that you're looking for. And it will come up with a name of uh, a list of names of local advisors in your area if you can't afford an advisor um, you know the tax charities are there for people on the lowest incomes who have basic questions um, and just need a bit of signposting or a bit of um, a helping hand so that that's tax aid or tax help for older people for, for people of pension age Super helpful. Thank you. Now, well, the next tax uh, point to mention then that will affect many of us is national insurance. And the top line here is that it's staying the same, but that's after the roller coaster of a year it had in 2022. So can we recap the latest on this and what we'll be paying going forward? 
Sure. I mean, to say it's a roller coaster is a bit of an understatement. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people are understandably confused about a lot of tax changes. It seems to have flip-flopped so many times. But national insurance is is the one that seems to have ch- has has changed, you know, several times uh, in the current tax year. So, um, uh, you know, first on, from the sixth of April, rates went up by one point two five percentage points as part, uh, and that was part of uh, the government's plan to pay for health and social care. Now that levy was uh, proved to be controversial, mm-hmm. though, and uh, and they um, and then Chancellor Rishi Sunak, our current prime minister, raised the um, the contribution threshold from nine thousand eight hundred and eighty to twelve thousand five hundred and seventy pound, and that came into force in July. Um, then, of course, came uh, Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng's mini budget in September, and uh, and what happened then, of course, was the levy mm. was then abolished altogether. Uh, and since the sixth of November, the rate employees pay on earnings between twelve thousand five hundred and seventy pounds and fifty thousand two hundred and seventy pounds uh, was dropped back down to twelve percent from thirteen point two five percent. So, those with earnings for above fifty thousand. £270 now pay 2% and that's down from 3.25%. So mercifully, there's no, there, there don't seem to be any more changes expected for, for the next financial year. But uh, but watch this space. <laughs> Who knows anymore? <laughs> Everything that Matthew said is, is right, but there's all, it's worth considering the self-employed position because self-employed people pay national insurance as well. They pay class two national insurance and class four national insurance. Um, and the threshold change that Matthew mentioned applies to them too. So from April 2023, they'll only pay, pay their class two and class four on um, profits from 12,570 per year. Now, class two is 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 key, and that obviously helps um, self-employed people build their state pension record. So not paying it actually isn't always you know, good news. Um, there, are, there are certainly some complexities that people that earn less than 12,570 per year who aren't, um, you know, mandated to pay class two national insurance need to consider. They might be able to pay voluntarily. They might be able to claim credits or receive some kind of credit in place of playing, uh, paying the class two. But it's really worth them researching the position quite carefully because it's not a good idea to miss out on a qualifying year and for state pension purposes. Well, let's move swiftly on to the third topic, which is inheritance tax. It's another one that's being frozen, which means more people are likely to end up paying it, but only if the amount you're inheriting is above a certain threshold. So Matthew, can you talk about these thresholds and how it changes if you're married or in a civil partnership? Yeah, sure. So bear with me. There's a lot of numbers coming up. Um, it's quite a meaty topic. It's uh, tax, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so try. I'll try to uh, to say them all in one go. But um, yeah, so inheritance tax is currently it's charged at forty percent on uh, assets or money that you leave to your heirs after you die. So I'm going to do a bit of an explainer on how it currently works, and then we'll talk about you know how it affects couples. But so the nil rate band, which is the amount that can be passed on before IHT inheritance tax is due, 
uh, will, will remain at the same. So it will remain at £325,000 until April 2028. And that allowance hasn't actually changed since 2010 uh, slash 11. Um, and similarly, the, the residence nil rate band, uh, and that and, and that uh, can be applied to your home if, if your home is being left to direct descendants. And that will also remain at 175000 this means, though, uh, for example, if you leave behind an estate worth £500,000, the tax bill will be £70,000. So that's 40% on £175,000. The difference between £500,000 and £325,000. Now, similar to the freeze on other allowances, by keeping the nil rate band at a fixed point, rather than rising in line with price rises, more people's estates are going to be dragged above the tax threshold. So as a couple, you're usually able to inherit tax-free from your spouse or civil partner. Uh, you can also apply any of your partner's unused nil rate band, the amount you can leave tax-free, as I said, to your own estate. For example, say your partner left £162,500 from your estate to people other than you. Given the tax-free allowance is £325,000, you can claim only 50% of the tax-free allowance. But as I mentioned, this freeze is, is going to push more people over, over those thresholds. Just on that IHT point, um, could I make a, uh, you know, make, make a plea really for people who might be considering you know, turning to some kind of funky planning device or, or cooking up a way of trying to avoid inheritance tax? Because, of course, you know, um, more and more estates are being dragged into paying it. Please, can, um, you know, can I make a plea that people take advice, professional advice, um, you know, in the manner that I explained earlier, um, you know, before implementing any kind of planning ideas, because often we're contacted by people who have come up with a really good idea that they think is going to work for inheritance tax, um, you know, based on what they got told by the man down the pub or whatever. Um, and often it backfires and it can leave people um, in a worse situation, you know, not having really avoided the inheritance tax, but also with additional problems. So please, please, please go and seek some professional advice before trying to implement anything that mitigates that IHT bill. It is an example here of when, frankly, it pays to be in a couple, doesn't it? And just while we're on this topic, I should flag that we have a, an episode coming up next month on the cost of being single versus in a couple or a married couple. Um, and I expect tax will feature a lot. It's a really, really interesting topic and I can't wait to dive into it. So do keep an eye out for that one. So can we move on now then to one of the most dramatic changes perhaps uh, we're seeing when it comes to our tax this year, and that's the cuts made to the capital gains and dividend tax allowances. Now, these are pretty dramatic, Matthew, aren't they? What's happening? Yeah, these were these are big cuts. These cuts will affect people who perhaps uh, uh, you know making profits, making profits from you know selling an asset such as a second property or valuable possession. Uh, in the in in the case of sort of dividends uh, tax, um, people who uh, are earning income from dividends uh, from, from uh, owning shares in a property. So um, you know the first the first cut is to capital gains tax, um, the capital gains tax allowance. Um, and, you know, the tax free allowance is currently £12,300. Uh, um, uh, but from April this year, that's going to be dramatically cut to £6,000. 
Um, you know, it's a, that's a massive cut. And and from April 2024, it's going to be reduced again to just £3,000. £3, just important to note that, you know, CGT rates that apply after the tax-free allowance are going to remain the same. And, and they depend on whether you're a basic rate or higher rate taxpayer. But, you know, it's, it's going to drag a lot of people, again, above that sort of tax threshold. And you know, it means anyone who owns investments out outside an ISA or is, is planning to sell a second home or other valuable asset could see their, their tax bills rise significantly. Let's move on to dividend allowance. You know, from the 6th of April, um, the dividend allowance is going to be cut from £2,000 to £1,000. And from April 2024, it's going to be reduced to just £500. Um, again, the rates of dividend tax are going to stay the same. Just to emphasize, you know, while tax rates are staying the same for both dividends and, and capital gains, these increases in the value of, of dividends and other assets in future years means tax bills are going to rise for, for, for a significant number of people. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely, people are going to probably have more CGT to pay, more, um, you know, dividend tax, but there's a hidden impact as well. Um, because many of these people now will have to file tax returns or notify HMRC um, of the of the income, um, and I think you know in particular we're concerned about taxpayers who sell UK residential property, which hasn't been their only or main residence throughout the period that they've owned it. Um, this, you know, this could include kind of accidental accidental landlords so people that rent out a property that they've inherited rather than you know being kind of commercial investment landlords um, now in these in these uh, situations they're actually required now to file a report and to pay CGT any CGT that they own that they uh, uh, owe within 60 days um, and so the fact that the annual exemption is reducing means more people are going to have capital gains tax to pay and they're potentially going to fall into this 60-day reporting payment regime um, and I'm not convinced that many people are aware of that. That's definitely a point worth sharing with anyone you think it might apply to that you know friends or family. Well on to now one of the biggest outgoings for most of us council tax. So local authorities can make their own decisions on exactly how much this could increase by can't they and how is it looking are, are most expected to be putting up their bills? When that was announced in the autumn budget, I think there was the assumption that they, you know, this was just a free for all for councils to raise uh, council tax. Unfortunately, it seems that, you know, um, a lot of local authorities are, are going to be um, raising their tax. For the current tax year, local authorities have been able to raise their council tax by up to 2.99% without the need to hold a local referendum. But what's changing is this is set to increase to 3% with an additional 2% if they qualify for the social care precept. And this means that your council tax bill can actually increase by 5% without, without needing to go to a vote. What's changed in Scotland, they have a, a slightly different uh, uh, system, of course. Um, you know, they've, they've paved the way for higher council tax rates as well. So as, there's not going to be any limit on council tax bill rises for the next financial year. However, the Scottish government is really urging sort of local authorities to act responsibly and to obviously consider the impact of any potential rate increases on already stretched household budgets. 
And Meredith, given the continued pressures on households with the rising cost of living, how much of a concern is this change to council tax? Clearly, you know, increased council tax bills um, are, are another kind of burden for, for households on low incomes. There are there are kind of um, discount schemes um, available, you know, for single person households. Some other households might be exempt, um, you know, households full of full time students, they would be exempt. Um, in addition, even if you're not kind of exempt or eligible for any of the discounts, um, most councils do run kind of um, discretionary council, ta- council tax kind of support schemes. Um, and the best thing to do if you're on a low income and you're worried about your council tax bill is to contact your local authority and see what help might be available. Um, I, I think when it comes to council tax, people uh, often, you know, uh, lament the the kind of band that their house is assessed in. Um, and, you know, this, this might be a point in time where people start to wonder whether or not they should consider trying to get their house reassessed into a lower band to reduce that council tax bill. I think we just issue a word of caution there. Um, it's definitely something to explore. However, it can go both ways. Um, and we have heard of people that have <laughs> asked for their house to be reassessed um, and actually it's, it's gone up into a higher band. So, so just be a bit careful about that. And finally, then on stamp duty, over the last couple of years, these rules too have yo-yoed. But unlike many of former Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng's budget changes, his decision on stamp duty has remained intact. So what's the situation here? So the changes to stamp duty, they took immediate effect after the day of that uh, that controversial mini budget on the 23rd of December, uh, September. Uh, So they're one of the few things uh, not to be ripped up by the current chancellor, and they're going to remain in place until the 31st of March 2025. So until that date, though, first time buyers won't need to pay stamp duty on the first £425,000 of the property they buy, uh, and that's up from £300,000 while existing homeowners won't have to pay on the first £250,000, and that's up from £125,000. If you live in Scotland, however, uh, homeowners, uh, they they use a different system. So, of course, homeowners start paying land and buildings transaction tax on properties costing more than £145,000 or £175,000 for first-time buyers. In the Scottish budget proposals, the plan is to keep these thresholds unchanged in uh, the next financial year. However, rates did increase on the 16th of December for people buying a second home. The additional dwelling supplement was hiked uh, to 6% at that time, and that was up from 4%. So this is charged on top of standard LBTT rates. And finally then, uh, to end today, while I have you both here talking about the beastly and complex topic of tax, could you leave us with a piece of advice for our listeners, something they can take away and look into, or any advice on how to make sure you're not paying too much or indeed missing out on on any tax breaks you're entitled to? I mean, final thoughts. Well, really that, you know, it's just really important that people are aware that from April 2023, their tax positions um, and therefore their kind of compliance obligations may well change. They really need to research their position carefully. We've got a lot of good information on our website. If, if things, if the, you know, if the worst happens and things do go wrong, then it's just really important that people don't bury their heads in the sand. You know, things can quickly snowball, but, you know, it, things, uh, problems are never usually as bad as they seem. 
Um, and there's a lot of help available for people that have got into a bit of a sticky situation with their taxes from us, from professional advisors, and also from, from the tax charities, tax aid and tax help. Lots of experience in helping people um, get back on the right track. I think it's really important uh, to remember that, you know, it's not just filing that's due. Um, you've also got to pay. So the 31st of January is the, is the same deadline for payment. Uh, if you don't pay, you're going to be charged interest from that date. The big change that's sort of come in and that people don't uh, maybe don't realise as well is that the interest rate that HMRC now charges for unpaid tax um, uh, went up to 6% earlier this month. That's actually more than double what it was this time last year. So people might not realise uh yeah how much more it is um it's slowly sort of crept up if you don't pay by the deadline then you know the most important thing to do is that you know don't panic but get in touch with hmrc as soon as possible thank you so much to matthew and meredith for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the witch money podcast if you enjoyed today's show please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch us again next week for more money news and advice, find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was written by me, Lucia Ariano, produced by me and Rob Lilly, and edited by Rob with additional support from Grace Witherden and Matthew Jenkins.